Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, Myths of Medical Marijuana. We're group five. And to start off, I want to talk about a documentary called Weed the People. It's on Netflix, great documentary. It follows the stories of about four children all diagnosed with cancer using medical marijuana oils. And all of the parents in this documentary have turned to alternative medicine treatment due to either ineffectiveness or such harsh side effects that can come with chemotherapy drugs. And in the beginning, they introduced a child named Chico who was diagnosed with a type of sarcoma that develops in the soft tissue of the muscles. And he could barely move throughout the day due to such pain and many different types of narcotics that he was on prescribed to him due to the chemotherapy. And by the end of this documentary, they go back to Chico's home after three years of beginning to use cannabis oils with his medical treatments to see him playing outside and riding his bike like a healthy, normal kid. Medical marijuana can help many people struggling with chronic pain, anxiety, certain cancers, and many other things. So why is this not federally legal? That's why we're here to talk about today and also how this drug can be important for public health across the country. So regarding marijuana, um, uh, some background. It has been used medicinally and recreationally for thousands of years, dating back to even a 2900 before common era Sumerian text. It came to the West in the 19th century and was part of the U.S. pharmacopoeia, which is also called the list of medications that they would use by doctors to treat any disease. Um, And marijuana and like other products related to marijuana was used for all sorts of issues like psychiatric issues, insomnia, physical issues like motor issues um, until the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906. At that point, it was prescribed for all those things, but then that started to regulate it. There were less users. And then by 1970 in the U.S., it was a Schedule One narcotic. So Schedule One is for compounds with no accepted medical use, includes things like cocaine and heroin. They're generally like harmful. They don't have any benefit. And these, it should be like known. So whatever your feelings are about marijuana or um, like cannabis derived products, I feel like we could agree this is at least misscheduled because there's so little medical and lab research enough on marijuana, THC or CBD. Um, so those are all byproducts of marijuana to call it as harmful as, you know, heroin just on a purely chemical basis. Um, adding on to that, objectives that the five of us looked into, um, we kind of looked at different studies. So analyzing factors that contributed to illegal use of marijuana in the U.S. One being a twin study done to learn about the genetic and environmental influences of the use of marijuana. Um, we also looked at how marijuana is used right now in present day. Um, it's definitely a little bit different due to the coronavirus being around, but some of the signals attached were a lot of teenagers between 18 and 25 were using it to seem cool, or there were other social aspects that were being influenced um, and making it seem like a better idea to begin using this drug. Um, Another big thing was when it was legalized in Colorado, so media usage fed the awareness of the use of marijuana. Um, So a lot of commentary was coming from that as well.
the illegal use of this drug is mainly among young crowds. However, it does affect all ages and both sexes. We also kind of looked into how the region and the availability affected the use, either as medical treatment or recreationally. We kind of looked at the regions showed high and still increasing more in mainly cities. So like Washington, D.C., where it's legalized now. For medical use, it is seen as being used a lot more. Um, same with San Francisco. Some other areas also have higher junk demands. However, more of the farming space that marijuana comes from is in the Midwest. And our last other objective is we were looking at it from a state versus federal views on legalization. Federal laws have kept illegal, whereas states can choose to legalize it if they see more benefit in it being legalized. So moving on to some of the challenges and public health effects um, and the legalization of medical marijuana products would primarily have costs and benefits on the individual consumer level. However, the resulting effect in the economy in areas of high usage or production could result in more widespread benefits. Um, challenges involve implementing in areas that have already have high incarnation rates for marijuana and a negative cultural perception, even for medical use. Um, another challenge is though the cost of medicine in the United States, coverage under Medicare, and possible creation of single-payer health care. Also relevant populations are the chronically ill pharmaceutical industry and the unregulated recreational marijuana industry. Also people of color who are more likely to be targeted related to drug crimes. Uh, for, for example, a 2015 study found Black people in America are 6.5 more likely than white Americans to be incarcerated for drug-related crimes on a state level, but the percentage of drug users and dealers is somewhat equal, and more white Americans being more likely drug users. Federally, marijuana is still Schedule One despite everything. In 2016, more than 600,000 Americans were arrested for marijuana possession. Another challenge would be doing more FDA trials, which could take years to see clinically valuable and usable results. There's often, there's often misuse of prescription marijuana and more hospital vis visits following legalization. Uh, there are opportunities for public health interventions. A public health issue for like access is that um, currently a lot of stuff related to marijuana, even places where it is um, medically accepted, is that it's alternative healthcare, the same as maybe like chiropractic or something like that. But the regions like where it's available is really dependent on the laws and geography and maybe someone's in a rural area so they don't have like easy access as other people. If you have chronic pain, it's like harder to even like get to go through the hoops of getting a prescription too. So regarding CBD, uh, which is a component in marijuana um, and is having more progress of being legalized for medicinal use and more socially accepted in many ways. The U.S. government has just now begun research on the benefits of CBD, but not THC. Public health departments need to be more educating 
on the medicinal benefits and also the flaws of CBD, which has become more popular thanks to the loosened restrictions on it. I do want to clarify some of the pseudoscience. Anecdotally, it's been very helpful for a lot of people um, for both chronic pain, anxiety, all the other like physical ailments that have been mentioned. But the like the law system and the politics of both the FDA, the difference between state and federal regulations regarding drugs are causing a lot of problems regarding research and ascertaining actual medical benefits of um, CBD and other cannabis compounds. Considering there are 113 cannabinoids in hemp and marijuana, CBD or cannabidiol is one, THC is another, which creates a high. CBD actually does not and has no psychotropic effect. Product that contains CBD can range from actual strains of marijuana that just have more CBD to things that are one-to-one -one THC or, and CBD to pure CBD oils and products. It interacts with the cannabinoid receptors in the brain, CB, CB1 and CB2. CBD binds to the area and calms down neuronal activity and helps reduce pain and inflammation by slowing down of the neurotransmitter animate. High CBD levels also bind to serotonin receptors, which explains the reduction in anxiety many users experience. At the 2015 International Cannabinoid Research Society, they reported that use of CBD can be beneficial for a whole bunch of things, kidney fibrosis, inflammation, obesity, anorexia, musculoskeletal conditions. A lot of this research that they discussed in the research society was in vitro, which means watching the way the CBD compound interacts with parts of the body just under a microscope in a lab. But there's so little research clinically, which means how would all these medicines and compounds actually work in a human body, like a living human person, not in a lab. Um, but it's so hard to actually study these things if it's labeled as dangerous as heroin and um, has no uh, medical benefit on a uh, federal level. Certain ways such as lots of lobbying, more research, and perhaps societal pressure led to the change of the FDA approving CBD for certain epilepsy conditions in 2018. Canada and Sweden even have medications with THC. The U.S. had a number of meta-studies regarding the medical benefits and side effects of CBD, though a big thing to keep in mind in small samples and that for physical conditions like epilepsy, it's not going to be the only medicine the subjects are using. So one thing for regulating the use of marijuana when it does become federally legal um, would definitely be just keeping cannabis out of the hands of minors, being setting an age limit, 21 plus, and reducing harm to adult users and preventing collateral harm and damage to the public. So setting, that would be like setting standards for anything that is grown being FDA approved maybe at some point along the line, even uh, federally approving cannabis oils or some CBD oils as well, and also getting the maximum economic benefit from legalization. Expected outcome, pretty poor and underfunded education systems, stress of families, cultural trends, organized crime, and the care healthcare system are factors that are contributing to illegal use of marijuana in the U.S. Marijuana stigma is tied to a legacy of anti-drug campaigns, gang activity, and counterculture, but is experiencing a change in general attitude on a widespread level. With reanalysis of its health and economic benefits and costs slash detriments, demographics like the chronically ill are highly affected by this public health issue, 
along with the youth, farmers, and the pharmaceutical industry. Race is relevant regarding incarceration and location is relevant regarding differing laws. Marijuana is a polarizing topic for political groups, with 2020 Republicans generally being against medical usage and Democrats and Libertarians generally being for it. I think it's also important to note that the use of marijuana and CBD has seen a drastic change of view for many citizens as non-medicated marijuana has slowly become more legally acceptable and socially acceptable throughout the United States. I believe the idea of using medical marijuana as an alternative drug to something like pills or like pain pills could be a great way to help people who struggle with something like pain or anxiety. Opioids for pain have been proven to be a problem for many people due to it being highly addicting. If marijuana can help someone cope with pain or anxiety and not be highly addictive, I don't see why you wouldn't try it. So looking to discuss these issues, what do you guys feel about the data showing that there's an increase in drug use due to the coronavirus and being quarantined? You can go ahead. Um, I really understand why it has become increased. This is a really stressful and anxiety-filled time. And I personally know a lot of people who struggle with anxiety and depression. And if this is one form of medicine that can help them, I am an advocate for it. And I believe it's better than the alternative of hard drugs or, or not hard drugs, but like prescribed drugs that can become addictive. <laughs> So this is a good point about uh, Corona. It kind of does segue into another public health issue about if we don't actually study and um, separate the medical from the recreational benefits, uh, whether or not they get legalized on a federal level. It touches on just drug use in general that if it's a lot of benefit to people recreationally or addressing anxiety, then um, we have all this anecdotal evidence, then we need to actually establish uh, like a medical pathway for this, because while it's kind of controversial, the aspect of self-medicating, if someone does have a serious problem, it's always better to have a professional involved, even if it is helping them and they have like a regular uh, way of like self-medicating, because like there's so much training you need to know involving like interactions with things. So that's what I, <laughs> that's all I have to say on that point. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, catch us next time with a new episode every Tuesday. And we hope you guys learned something from this. Have a good day.